You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here, and uh, we we talked about this show last week, and uh, it was it's fun to say that maybe we'll get to talk about next week's show too. <laughs> oh, we know we're talking about next week's show because yeah. there will be a next week's show. We're you know we're week by week now. We know we got this show. Um, leading up to the next game, but we don't know if the next show will be the last. But we know because we had a victory Saturday, yesterday, and we have Celebration Sunday here on the Bulldog Hours 17th episode of Season 7. And because of the Wilson victory over Central York Friday night, we will get an 18th episode coming to you next Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) Justin, did you ever think that we would be here? You think we'd be talking about a district championship game appearance? Maybe in the preseason? Okay, so here's the thing. Did I to say I expected it, I it would be a lie. But I would like to go on the record and you can check this because we said it <laughs> on the show countless times that I've been preaching since September that only one goal was off the table. And that was the beat Mifflin and that everything else was still on the table. And that would include a district championship. And guess what? We sit here in the, you know, tomorrow, what tomorrow marks the middle of November and we're still playing football and there's still practice tomorrow and there's still football games next weekend. And here we are. And one of the biggest preseason goals is just a few days away from being a reality. Right. One more win, and you can call yourself oh district champions. Yeah, in District Three, one of the most competitive districts in, I, in the state. So last a couple of weeks ago, you made the reference to the 2008 Phillies, which, again, to remind you, the most I don't know that any of these kids were even in school yet at that time. That was 13 uh, right? years yeah, ago, Justin. So, so they were not, and. uh you look at it and you said, "Why can't us?" And that's, right. <laughs> that's basically, that's basically where where I was at last week. I'm like, "Why can't us?" Well, right? we and we have let's also keep it rolling. We have also been saying for how long how wide open yes. District Three Six yeah. A was. Like we we've been preaching that for a while, saying that not only could any of the top eight teams that make the playoffs win, but honestly. You might even be able to throw in numbers nine and ten, right? Depending on the game. So yeah, we we have been talking about that for a while. It also links to the idea a little bit for me about what our buddy Andy Her has been preaching again since October that like every game has been a playoff game for Wilson. Um, Battle and, tested, and we didn't know how true that was until you were running some numbers, and it it turned out that it was. Yeah, well, since just- since. The day after the Mannheim Central game, Wilson has won every game, and they had to. 
Also, yeah. the last time I shaved, by the way. Yes. And like yes. I tweeted out, that is on purpose. Yes. There is no coincidence there whatsoever. <laughs> this is not a fashion statement um, by no means, trust me. <laughs> but, you know, we have our superstitions and traditions. Um, Would you everyone consider yourself does. superstitious? No, I I'm consider just, myself a little just stitious. Just a little stitious. <laughs> I mean, you and I have that about hats and shirts and, and whatever, and it's just one of those things. <laughs> uh, and it's not Wilson football related. It's everything in the sports world, because yes. obviously what Justin and I do really matters when it comes to what happens <laughs> on the field. Uh, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, Friday night was just kind of honestly was a little surreal because I, I never felt myself get overly anxious because I, honestly, from the kickoff, I was like, we can we're going to so, win this game. So we we always and we reference this on the show a lot. We always have a variety of conversations football related and other things related on the drive to these away games. The last two weeks driving to York, um, we've had plenty of time to talk. <laughs> and so with that, you know, I remember we were getting close to Columbia and the bridge at some point and I was like, so about this game, right? Yeah, and we kind of, we kind of laid it out. And I remember distinctly, you're just like, you're like, I think we're going to win. You're like, I think we have a real shot. Well, and I'm like, and, 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 and you said, because they haven't faced a team like us, like as physical as us, as strong as us, that's just going to run it right at them. And that's true. Um, I think we saw a little bit last week what York brought to the table. And they had Jaheim White, and he is incredible. And those offers and visits are starting to come now yep, for those. Big ones. And, and it's, we're hitting that, that recruiting season now, too, the end of the high school football season. And his junior year, he's that's going to continue, but the style of running is very different than what the Wilson team is able to do. And um, Central York had was not ready for that. No, um, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you, you you nailed it. We we talked about it, and that's I said I don't Central York hasn't had any real competition outside of their week one game at Exeter, which was a slug fest, which they were honestly, central York was probably lucky to come away with that win. Exeter yeah, made all, some mistakes by all accounts. Yeah. Exeter left a lot of points on the table. And uh, the central York hadn't been in, in dogfights and battles. Like we have been for s- seven weeks. You know, I mean, I know those, those first three in the LL league ended up being, Pretty easy wins for right. Wilson. They weren't flawless, and there were mistakes made, but they were comfortable. Mm-hmm. But all of them were must-wins. And then you got to Hempfield and Manheim Township, and we've discussed the numbers. Wilson loses one of those games. This moment isn't happening. We're done. Our show is over. There's no district playoff appearance whatsoever. So I was very confident going to the Central York game because I just didn't think the Panthers had been tested Right, like the way Wilson That's was going not to, to test say them. that they aren't good. They're no. they're a good football team, and I say this. I don't. Well, I I shouldn't say it like that. I guess, but you know, when they're not the the teams of past that we've gone, well, not gone, that have come to Gursky often and played Wilson in the district playoffs. Like that is not what this Central York team was. No, they were much more tough and physical than previous York right. teams and, that and, have and, come to Gursky. And better. Like they're, yeah. they're, that's that's a good team. They were a good they team. They were state runner-up last year. Right. It's just Wilson, 
Wilson was a tough matchup for them. And we've talked about this, about how what team is going to be excited or want Wilson to come, you know, like. Yeah, well, we said that entering the playoffs when Wilson was going to be in the lower part of the bracket seeds, you know, five, six, seven or eight. We knew the Bulldogs are going to have to go on the road. And if I'm one, two, three or four, I'm looking at them going, oh, crap. Do I really want to face Wilson winning this many games in a row, getting confidence, finding an identity, getting healthy? Do I want any of that? Right. I wouldn't have wanted it. Right. And I think now maybe in hindsight, Central York's like, that was probably a bad draw. Was yeah. It wasn't ideal. Yeah. But the other reason that I'm very confident throughout the season, even sitting at, at, at two and three, I didn't th- think the season was going to be a lost cause and they were going to spiral. And Because going into every game, I always have myself convinced, and I mean, there's data to prove it, we have the better coaching staff. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know there's people out there that fight that all the time, make baseless accusations, and think they can do better. I, I just don't see how that's possible when you look right. at the, the success. Uh, I mean, that, and that's not limited just to the 15-plus the years of with, with Doug Doms as head coach. It goes back farther than that because a lot of these coaches were there during the Jim Contafio era, too. I mean, the results speak for themselves. So I, I just, I, it, it boggles my mind when people think that coaching is a reason for, for losing streaks. And, uh, it, like, I just, I go into games, even games that were considered underdogs. And thank you to Fourth Down Magazine and all those mid pen writers that yeah. picked Central York. Um, uh, Andy Sandrick got his wish and he was hanging <laughs> up in the locker room again this week as he was for the week one game against Central Dolphin. Um, hey, keep. I hope they all pick Harrisburg this week. They probably I, I hope are. they do. Good, do right, it. Right. I dare you. <laughs> I like. I, if they haven't learned their lesson by now, I I don't know what to right, tell you. Right. So, with the way that this team is rolling, and not only has the the players gotten momentum and confidence, I think the coaching staff has embraced that as well. I've also got to give credit where it's due. Then, if, if we're going to call out the guys, not call out, but bring up, oh, I know you're going to say Jeff Reinert went on the record and picked us. Like he and he did it. Like I, I, that doesn't surprise me. And Jeff no. is a very good picker because he he doesn't just go by records and stats. Right. He he, he understands he, the feel of the game and the feel of these teams. He very rarely picks against Wilson, and honestly, when he usually does, he's usually right. Because I remember back in 2017 and 2019 picking Manheim Township over us, right. and guess what? Township beat, beat us. Right, right. And, yeah, I mean. Jeff Jeff is very good at what he does, and he picked us to beat Central York. Yeah, yeah. And it it was an exciting game. It was an exciting game. I know – People might be like it was fourteen eleven, but like it wasn't a sloppy game. It wasn't, you know, it was just. It was, oh man! Yeah. Well, here I'm gonna Wilson, I'm gonna play the highlights. Wilson while we imposed talk about it. Wilson imposed their will. Like if you were to tell me that you know there'd be twenty five total points, I would have said that's exactly what we need. <laughs> like yeah, well, that's that's the type of but, game we want. And our and our drives, we always say if the defense surrenders twenty or less. We right. expect to win that game. Yep. How many they give up? Eleven. Yeah, and we're gonna, gosh. you know, what I'm gonna. Well, no, I'll wait until the, the 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 highlights are over here as we kind of um, 
put that out there. And if you're you're listening to us, the highlights right now, it went into half tied 3-3. Ben Rada kicked his first field goal attempt of the year was good. Great pump fake and double move. And I, oh I, sent, out a, I, a, I sent out a I gift today it. of Brad's pump fake on that. So that was a great pitch and catch from Brad to Evan. Um, that was still in the first half. But here we are in the third quarter now. It's still tied 3-3. Three to three. Wilson took their um, their opening drive of the second half into the red zone, but unfortunately fumbled the ball away. Central York eventually capitalized in four plays real quick. That was the only time that Central York really was able to get any momentum going and show that quick hit offense to go up 11-3. to three. They went for two because Wilson had a penalty, moving them closer to the goal line. Uh, they got the two-point conversion. And that was that was one moment where I was like, oh, that like – that that could be a huge mistake. Right, that right. could be a huge mistake. Uh, it turned out not to be uh, because of the way the team played. But here you get to see uh, a slightly high I'm throw. I'm going to be deflected. honest. I wasn't sure I caught that on the on the camera. Uh, well, apparently you did. I did. I did. But I wasn't <laughs> um, sure if I did. Interception by Gannon Brubaker. He made two that phenomenal was, catches oh on gosh. the same play yes, because yes. he made a diving catch, brought it to his body, it bounced off of him, and he caught it again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, phenomenal play. Um. I, these auto-generated highlights are not the best. I say that every week, right, and I right. just keep forgetting to uh, compile them myself. But, but it, when when I look at it, you know, Wilson was able to have long spells where they had the ball, which was great um, because that's what we needed. We didn't want to give the Central York air raid offense more touches than we needed to. Yeah, just you know, and. To ab- able to like, if you would have told me we pick off that w- their quarterback as often as he throws touchdown passes, that's another good sign. Yeah. Um, and we had opportunities for a couple more. Um, oh yeah. But hey, Coach Dobbs brings that up. Uh, yeah, he We're, does. We talked to him. Um, so. But when when you look at it, I'm I was I sent you a message like maybe early fourth quarter and like. Their their defense was gassed, like they were gassed. That and was uh, right we, before we the, have the right, game winning. We have the long drive before. for the touchdown, and then we get the two point conversion on the awesome. First of all, I love the play call. We just ran it down their throats Stop the us. whole game. Stop us, and then then you get to the two point conversion, and you line up the same way you have. And it was funny. There's a kid recording for something something else next to me on top of the press box and he's like up oh, run again nope nope and you hit your tall great, wide receiver great, with great a great catch call. and he got hit like it was well yep. defended it's yep. just well the picture you i made have the of, perfect of play it is it unfortunately not making the catch but coming to the right, ground and right. there's three central york defenders on sean right. endel yeah he put brad sold the run took his time put the throw where it needed throw to it be throw it to your 6-4 receiver it exactly. makes a lot of sense right yeah. it it worked it worked. One, and Sean and had so, an incredible catch against Manheim Township a few weeks ago. Right. Like, so we talked to them a couple, well, that was last week. We right talked to Manheim York, York, yeah. And they talked about, you know, it, it's about the we, it's about the win. It's, but on the show, we mentioned that, like, but they're already when their number's called to make a big play. And whether that's uh, Williams making the double move and making the great catch down the sideline, which then, all right, they have to adjust and say, all right, well, we can't keep everybody right at the line of scrimmage or bite on everything, you know, like just those things add up over the course of the game or whether it's the downfield blocking or whatever it is. Um, you know, TJ steps up when he gets the ball on, on some of the ones that like end arounds, you know, like, like those types of things, everybody's just kind of doing their part and it, 
It was right. huge. But then then they go three and out. Yeah. Right? We kick, we kick off, and they go three and out and with two drop passes. And then you're like, oh, man, they they were not expecting to be in a dogfight in the fourth quarter of an 11-11 game. You know, like, I'm not saying they, they thought, oh, it's going to be easy. But, like, I think they thought, oh, we'll be able to score. Like, and – well, I, I was telling you from their, I was on their sideline. It was shell shocked over there. They were not. They, you know, you hear the moaning and groaning, and they're like, "Come on!" Like, so yeah, it's not that easy. After they went three and out, and they, and they only spent forty three seconds on that drive. Yeah, uh, our our drives throughout the night were we had. Seven minute, forty four second drive that led to the field goal. We had a five minute plus drive that unfortunately was turned out over downs. Um, we had a three minute drive that ended in a fumble. We had a two minute drive that ended in downs. But then our next two drives was one was nearly seven minutes, resulting in the touchdown and the two point conversion to tie the game at eleven. Then after the forty three second drive by Central York, that was the three and out. We got the ball back with seven fourteen to play and ran six minutes and one second off the clock. Right. So well, it went from seven fourteen to one thirteen. Ball, when we got the ball at that time, I just immediately was like, "This is the th- game." I was like, "This is Hempfield. We're going to drive down and score." And you sent me a message. Yeah, so you said, "I'm staying down here because we're coming right down here to score." Yeah. So I was in the in the the end zone in Central York's defending end zone for the drive that led to the touchdown and the two point conversion. By the time I transfer and edit my photos and post them, Central York's punting again like i hadn't even had an opportunity to take pictures of the three and out drive because i was still in the middle of trying to celebrate the touchdown we get the drive back at our 25 that's exactly what i texted you i was like i'm not leaving this end zone because we're coming down here again and what happened we did when we were a couple yards short of the end zone right. we didn't need to get in the end zone because ben rada second field goal attempt of his career <laughs> nails it again it was close to being blocked i sent out that gift today yeah, as and, well and he that kid, I believe it was number nine. Number nine, yeah. Was Distraught. beside himself <laughs> on, on the sideline. And I understand that that's that's tough. That's tough. But then you're like, all right, well, here you go. Number one quarterback recruit in Pennsylvania getting the ball back with a with minute thirteen. A minute thirteen left. No timeouts. Well, because first attempted to like sort of pooch kick right, it. Right, right. And it goes out of bounds. Right. They make us re-kick it right. to give them even a shorter field. Yeah, but see, they only gained a few yards from it that. Didn't, it didn't have, end up but hurting. But it took, it took a few seconds, which I was well, like, the, okay. Yeah, the fir- well, the first one didn't run any right, time Right, it didn't. Off. But like for the few yards where they could have just accepted it the first time, they right. could have saved themselves a maybe couple five, seconds, five yeah. or six seconds. They might have tried one more shot at the end zone before the field goal. Absolutely. And like Coach Doms and staff contemplated going for – an attempt at a touchdown facing um, fourth and yeah. well, so it wasn't a to go situation for no. Wilson. They could have gotten the first they could down have gotten a, it was because that's fourth what fourth and two from the four, I think. Right. What I I say wanted to happen on third down was I was like, man, if we can get the first, yeah, then we can run it down, take our timeouts, take a couple cracks at the end zone, and see that's you know. that's something that that came up in conversation over the last couple of days is if you get that first down, do you run? Do you take some knees and plan for a chip shot field goal? So I no. Or do I, you attempt to score? Or I go. I go with that. I go with the big formation that we've got that we've been running, and I run it two times, and then I, if we don't get it on two tries, take a knee and run it down to like. Three or seconds if we left. like lose yards on the other one, I run it down and we we kick with, 
yeah, two three, three seconds. Yeah, left. two three seconds left. Well, so like it's one but, of those things. So what I thought they were going to do was I thought they were going to line up and try and get them to draw off sides mm. because I believe it was fourth and two at the four. Yes. It would have been close because I don't know what side of the the yard mark and all that stuff. But like, would it, if an offsides would have gotten us the first down, try and get them to jump offsides, call timeout, and then run the field goal team out there. That's complicating things, though. I like the way it worked out. I like that they were like, no, well, we're, I'm not second guessing we're, anything. No, right we're putting now. the kicker out there. Um, we're putting the kicker out there, and we're gonna win the game of, right uh, now. One of the game write ups talking with uh, i assume it was coach doms is that he his staff told him like they yes, convinced him to go right for, for take the, the points take, take the, the points, points. Yep. don't don't try to run the clock down farther just take the points and trust your special teams and your defense can make a stop and that's end of what happened uh central york same thing for them they face the situation you have the best quarterback in the state of pennsylvania you have an offense that is lights out which I'll get to in a second, for the better part of five years. Yeah. You're facing, well, you already converted a, what, fourth and 16, something like that. You got down to the 25 or somewhere right around this, or actually, the, I think they were down as close as like the 15, because mm-hmm. the field goal was a 32-yard attempt. Right. You got 5.6 seconds left. Do you try one more? I was, I was stunned they didn't. I was stunned they didn't take the shot with their, their best player. Trusting like, a freshman kicker who had already made one, and right, it wasn't and, and much the, longer and than had what the he had leg. Made. It wasn't sure. No, it missed. It was left. pulled. It was pulled. And to be honest, from where I was standing, I thought he made it. Like so, I, it was it was just the angle I was at, and I'm watching through the screen. It was tough to see when when he first released, and I was watching. I, I couldn't tell, right? But I saw our players' reactions. So, so, so I knew. we'll see. And part of what happened too was. The people right around me, underneath me, were cheering because oh, it they couldn't like, tell. Right, either. they couldn't tell. So well, the players reacted before the refs made the signal because they could tell when it was kicked. Right, like almost immediately, look. you can see in my picture, right. it's kicked, and the players react a split right. second later because they know it's going wide. Right, but from the side angle views, you can't. That's tell. tough for a freshman. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, can you imagine being in that situation? No, no, that, that that's 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 incredibly tough. Right, but then if you. Go for the end zone and run out of time. You have people going, "Why did you kick the field goal?" Right, right. And and you, you already look made at one from twenty nine. And they don't, don't have the timeout. Like they don't have the timeout. Right. Like so, that, if they get stopped short, then it's game over. It's over. And and you look at it, but it wasn't just our sophomore kicker. It was our sophomore holder. Yes, and not our usual long snapper. Correct. Right. So the the job usually was Cam Jones, the the junior. Um, special teams whiz and shut down defensive back missed more than half the game right. with, with it with an injury suffered towards the end of the second quarter. So I believe it was, I think it was sophomore Ryan McMillan. So you had right. three components of this game were done by 10th graders. Right. So you had Ryan McMillan snapping, you had Adam Woods holding, and you had Ben Rada kicking. So all being done by underclassmen to ensure that the seniors right. got one more one more game. Right. And, so, I mean, special teams has been huge for this team all year, not necessarily field goal kicking. Have it, no attempts before this game. Right. Right. But hey, but they they practice and they were ready and when their time came, just like we talked about the receivers earlier, when the time came, they made the play. Awesome. So, 
you know, a, a little bit was was said. I, I think a little disappointment happened last week at York with the team giving up so much yardage and and points to to um, to William Penn. And now you're thinking, well, we got to go to Central York and play the number one quarterback in the state. This team is routinely putting up. 40, 50, 60, or even 70 points over the last couple of seasons. I mean, we have to hold them under 20 to win this game. Right. So I went back and looked. When was the last time that Central York was held to this few points? 11 is the least amount of points that a Central York team has scored since they were shut out by Cumberland Valley on September 8th. 2017, they have scored at least 12 or more points, which doesn't sound like a lot, but they scored way more than that more often than not. Every every game since, until Wilson held them to 11. Um, it, it's just, it, it's amazing what the, what the defense was able to do. And w- without Cam Jones in, in the defensive secondary for the, the second half, yeah, I mean, has been your your shutdown best defensive back now for uh, you know elite. last year he was amazing. <laughs> this year he's playing so well, and he lost him on special teams too. So uh, the job that the, the defensive players and the and the coordinator, the game plan created by uh, Ernie Wolber and his assistants, um, just just phenomenal. And the execution was there. That's the thing. The, the game plan, more often than not, it is there. And what we weren't seeing early in the season was execution. And that, that's not just a defense thing. That was everywhere. The execution w- was failing. They righted some things. The execution is there. And now you're winning games and winning games that people don't think you can win. Right. Well, and you go back to some of those post-game talks from Coach Doms earlier in the year. And he said, we need to improve everywhere. We need to be, you know, basically – to summarize, we need to put the players in better positions to win and the players need to play better to win. You know, like everyone from the whole, whole program through needed to be better. And I fast forward to Friday night. Oh, my gosh. Like offensively, we played very well. I know that people are like, you scored 14 points, but – Man, like it's different when you're there. You got to see it. They, I thought they played very well. Well, you got to take into account the entire season too. You got to right. take into account the opponent. Right. The execution was there. The right. way the offense is running now, the points aren't going to be prevalent. No. And you know how many points you need more than more the other than team. They, right. More than, more they, than, put than up. they did. And and the defense, man, the defense. Again, the plan was there, and the players executed, and they got it done. And I, what I like to think about, I know we're not done and we're not kind of moving on yet, but think about like, cause it's, we still weren't perfect. It, it was just, it, it was a good, solid all around game. Right. But this team can get better, you know, like this team, they can, they can still clean some things up and, and hit on some more things. And if they continue to get better, Man, that'd be awesome. Just a quick, this is a real random note, but I just saw it pop up one of the notifications from one of the likes was while we were filming one of the interviews, like your notifications pop up, mm-hmm. you know, and one of them was like for one of the posts that you had about like Wilson's Ben Rada kicks game winning people. The like was from 
Nick Borelli. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, that's awesome! Like kicker. Hey, he knows what it's like. Game you know, game those, respect game. <laughs> uh, one of those uh, field goals is yes. uh, he was able to uh, send the game to overtime that Wilson eventually won back in 2016. Yes. Yep. Were you at that game? Um, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. and what what? But overall, what a classic game! What what a game! Um. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, uh, the, the stats are just incredible. Again, Wilson had more first downs, 21 to 16. Net yards rushing. This is this is the big one. 348 for Wilson, 11 for Central York. Now, they weren't a run-first team. They weren't no. York where you no, had to but they are, they are, like, they they will run the quarterback. Yeah. Like, and they have good running backs, like – they had 11 attempts for 11 yards, so uh, the average is pretty easy on that one. <laughs> like it, It's incredible. Now, they ended up with 308 yard, net yards passing. <laughs> one touchdown, one interception. All right. But, you know, we talked about this. And, and it's cherry-picking, but if you take away that one big pass that set up their touchdown. So it's what? And the desperation yards. passes in the final – you know, minute where we were still able to get tackles inbounds. And I know it stops with the first down, but there are precious time wasted. So for example, like their last few plays before when they had to spike it, right. They spiked it on first down through a pass on second down, spiked it on third down. Mm -hmm. So like the tackling inbounds is huge. huge. Like, because huge. you're giving, cause they're, they were well within range to throw into the end zone and you're, causing them to give up downs. Those, those are those are downs that they don't get back and we'll we'll take that. We'll take you throwing it into the ground because that's not putting points on the board. So if you follow our cherry picking nature of yeah. eliminating some of these pass attempts, he threw for under 200. Yeah. Well, if you you know, if you compartmentalize that, take away the the only big pass play of the game, right. which was like 50 60 yards right. and led led to their touchdown. So negated most big plays, gave up that one. And then the desperation mode at the end where he was able to find more open receivers. Then, then he had most of the rest of the game. But even there, he was thrown underneath and then they he also a got bit. sacked, yeah. which was absolutely huge. Yeah. And I was stunned that he didn't throw it away. Like, cause it wasn't like immediate. It was, he kind of stepped up kind of like, yep, and, he ran, but the he pressure ran was there and the pressure wasn't just from one guy. We were getting pressure. I mean, you yeah. know, they're going to pass it, but Relentless, and, yeah. Right. We were able to create pressure without sacrificing coverage on the back end, which is huge. Time of possession. This is harkens back to Manning Township two weeks ago. Yeah. We had it for 33 minutes and 42 seconds, which means Bo Pribula only had it for 14 minutes and 18 seconds. Yeah. More than doubled them up. Yeah. That's right. that's how you that's how you control and win win ball games, especially when a, a perceived better opponent is well, across and, the field from you. And what was it in the fourth quarter? Basically, probably only what two minutes? Yeah, well, it's broken down here. Central York in the second half had the ball for five minutes and eleven seconds. Right in the second half, two minutes in the fourth quarter. That's it. Right. Sounds like a pretty good game plan. Yeah. Um, last thing to point out. The defense held 
Central York to one of eight on third downs. Get off the field. Incredible. Get on, get the job done, get off. Let the uh, let the offense and special teams do their thing. And they did. Yeah. They got it done. So Herculean effort, amazing seven-week run. I mean, j- just think about w- where we were, what we were thinking after the Exeter game, and then two weeks later after the Mannheim Central game. You know, everyone was down and deflated, but like we said, and we've heard Coach Doms and the coaches say, there's still a lot to play for and see what happens when you don't give up. Well, and so look at it. Look at this, too. This is kind of crazy. So the teams that beat Wilson, so Exeter. Exeter lost to, Central, lost to Central York, lost to Hempfield. Wilson has now beat both those teams. And Exeter is still playing, and they're a 5A semifinalist. And they just and smoked Mannheim Central. Which we, which we saw coming. Called it all right. week so, long. Mannheim Central, was that their first loss? No, second. They lost to Warwick. Oh, okay. So they lost to Warwick, which is kind of crazy. But then, like, so they lost to, to Exeter. So that was Wilson's other loss. And Governor Mifflin, who hasn't lost to anybody in – and Exeter lost to Mifflin. And probably isn't going to lose to anybody, at least in the, for for weeks yet. That, you know, like... Yeah, I think they have Spring Grove this week. Right, so, like, it's... Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you want to win those games. But, like, those are, those are good teams. And Wilson was able to move on from that and get better. And now that goal is still there. That goal is there and obtain, attainable on Saturday. Yeah. Which... uh is awesome. It says a lot about the team. These guys, it, it's one thing to know that it's possible. It's another to like put it together and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And these guys did it and kudos to them. I, I, there's in, in an alternate universe. If, if right now, like if this week Wilson's playing man, I'm central, we blow them out. Yes. Yeah. We should have beat them in week five. And I know their coach does not see it that way. But I, I we lost. I, I still I, thought we were the better right. team. And, and I know for a while, for a while, other people, like I say, outside of the Wilson area, like, so other like reporters and stuff probably would have been like, ah, I don't know. Ask them now. Yeah. Ask them now. Who do you think wins right, right now? Right. And I, they, They'd all be on board with Wilson. I, I, I would expect so. I would think so. I told multiple people <clears> this week, <throat> Exeter is going to beat Mannheim Central and beat them by multiple touchdowns. No one no one was listening to me outside of you, basically, because I've been, I've been saying that since right. I knew and that I'm was the And I'm on like, board. Exeter's winning that game. Right. Ah, man, it's at Mannheim Central. Like, Mannheim Central, I don't think is that good. No. We should have beaten them. I still maintain we should have beaten them. Right. And we weren't playing then like we're playing now. No, my Gosh, nowhere close. Because right now we're playing with a team that, for the first time in program history, has two 1,000 yard rushers. Yes. That has never happened in the previous 76 seasons. Now, I know there are not as many games as there are now, but we're only up to 12. It's not like we're talking about 15, like an entire length of playoffs. And I know before 1982, there were no district playoffs. So you had. 9, 10, 11 games max. It's not all, you know, it's not all fair in statistics. It doesn't work out that way. But even if you want to just say, all right, well, then 
You only can look at the years with playoffs. It's fine. It still hadn't happened. It still <laughs> right. hadn't happened in the last 40 years because this is the 40th season of the district playoffs. Right. And we've had some incredible teams that could have incredible runners on them. It didn't happen. Yeah. So uh, Jaden Jones went over 1,200 yards with his, uh, was 167 or 161? I think he had 161. 161 this week. So, um, yeah, Jaden Jones, 27 carries, 161 yards this week. It put him over 1,200 yards for the season. Brad Hoffman needed 130-something. You had asked me that as you were holding the stat sheet. Right. You were like, do you know how much Brad needed to go over 1,000? Because I, I think knew it was, was 130. Close. Right. And you're like, Brad got 167. I was like, I don't do dual 1,000-yard rushes. I wonder when's the last time that happened. And then I saw Jeff Reiner post their stats about Jaden's up to this amount, Brad's up to this amount. They're going to take 1,000-yard rushers to whoever you know is their opponent this coming week. And I said to Jeff, I was like, oh, man, I got to go and see. When was the last time Wilson had two 1,000-yard rushers? And he responded, he's like, yeah, it just happened. It wasn't in recent memory. And I looked. I double, I triple checked because I was like, I feel like this this has hap- this happened before, right? No, it hasn't. So Jaden Jones and Brad Hoffman, congratulations on being the first duo ever at Wilson to each rush for over 1,000 yards in the same season. Jaden is up to 16th on the single season rushing list, and he missed two games that he could easily have probably close to another 200 yards. Oh, oh, maybe my more. Gosh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a f- phenomenal season from Jaden. And uh, so, not only is Brad part of that duo, 2,000 yard seasons, he's also, again, I had to kind of double check this one too. First Wilson quarterback to ever rush for a thousand yards in a single season, right? You know, and we, it's we, tough we, to believe. We talked like last year in a normal year, Caleb probably gets there. Yeah, you know, I mean that meaning like he yeah. gets there. He he played <laughs> but, well. So Wilson played seven games last year. Caleb played six. I, I, I think. Think, so. I think he played six. And he rushed for 776 yards, high 700s in those six games. And he set his he set the quarterback rushing record and then broke it again later. He had some phenomenal rushing games. and But because of the shortened season, he didn't have the opportunity to keep going and get to that 1,000-yard mark. But Brad did it this year. He also missed a game. Yeah. The offense was, was different then, though. But it, right, that's what right. I think. I'm like, imagine if this is, is like what they – but you know could what? Do it from the but you know whole what? season. Just like the goals, none of that matters. It now. doesn't matter. Yeah, no, none of that matters. Hindsight. It's all now. Just talking and, about individual performances and, we've, and stats, and we've we've got it rolling now, and let's keep it going because I know Central York was the number one seed, and I know they were state runner up last year, and I know they have the quarterback recruit and all that stuff. I'm. I'm not convinced that they're better than Harrisburg. You know what I mean? Like, if if they would have been playing Harrisburg this week, I don't know that Harrisburg doesn't win that game. You know, you know what right. I mean? Like, I probably would pick Harrisburg over Central York. So that was a big step, and I hope they enjoyed it. And we know they're getting to work today about making it happen this weekend. Yeah. So, before we move on, um, we'll do our sponsorships and, and, and then talk about Harrisburg. I got a message today asking a little bit more about information on records. This one's not an individual. This is a team record because 
And 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 Jaden and and Brad are always keen to point out that they wouldn't be able to do what they've been able to do the last few weeks without the uh, help of their offensive line and, and blockers mm. like the tight ends who and also, the wide receivers. Who also got a helmet sticker from yeah, Jeff Reiner. Jeff Reiner was giving them out. He was just like, Wilson, basically, Wilson <laughs> offense. Wilson right, offense. Right. You're getting the helmet stickers this week. Um, but the question was, what is the Wilson program record for season rushing combined? Everyone. I looked it up, and it was actually set relatively recently uh, in 2010. So the 2010 team rushed for 3,308 yards uh, in 12 games. So that's where we're at right right now with this uh, 2021 team. The current team sits at 3,032. So if they're able to rush for 277 yards or more against Harrisburg this Saturday – this team will have rushed for the most yards in program history. Maybe. Doing most of that in the, be- the back half of the year. I mean, there were some good games in the, in the front half, two wins and, and, and some offensive yardage and points being put up. But uh, just the way things have gone since uh, Penn Manor. Make it happen. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just another motivating factor. People picking against you. And individual and team you, accomplishments. People are gonna you're gonna get picked against this week too because people are gonna people are gonna write off that it was Central York and the things that we have said that Central York like you know they they overestimate or they underestimated Wilson and Harrisburg won't do that. I'm, I'm telling you, it's coming. Like people, maybe not everyone, maybe not everyone, but you're going to. The masses are going to tell you that it's going to end this week, and that you know it's been a good ride. But Harris, now you play Harrisburg, and it's going to come to an end. Yeah, and you got to do it on the road again, which is no different than the last two weeks. I mean, Coach Dom's talked to us and multiple people about being road warriors. They they did it in 2007. I, honestly, this exact scenario essentially playing out. Now th- th- that game wasn't for the district championship; it was semifinals because at the time, 16 teams made the playoffs, but. Wilson had to go to, I think it was Altoona in the first round and upset them. Then they won the next week, I think, against the York School. It might have been York or Central York. And then went to Harrisburg. So sitting at 2-0, and both road wins, go to Harrisburg. Thanksgiving weekend, because I remember I was driving back to Indiana, and I listened to the game, and as I'm getting on the turnpike, Wilson loses in overtime, and that was, uh, that was a tough one. Uh, there was a whole bunch of issues about that game, which I think we've rehashed on this show before. Um, but the Harrisburg opponent is is definitely an interesting one. Um, but before we dive into that, I think we should uh, get into our sponsorships and make our uh, our announcements. So I want to um, thank my dad, Bill Mays, and Mays Sandwich Shop for being a day one sponsor of this program. We appreciate everything that he has done for us over the years. And again, thanks to our, our latest sponsor who's been here now for a while, but it is Mike Drago at MikeDragoSports.com, who continues to provide a great coverage of a variety of, of sports this fall, football and soccer primarily, but a few other cool pieces have been published on there. And I know Mike and his stringers and photographers are uh, getting ready to delve into basketball, but if these Berks County teams keep winning, he's going to have to be pulling double duty <laughs> as Wilson's still alive. Uh, we just talked Exeter still alive and obviously Mifflin too and why missing. So four Burks teams still left 
playing. I think that's it. I didn't forget anyone, did I? No. And because um, Hamburg was the other one, but they yeah, lost this they, week. they lost this week. So, congratulations to to those Berks County schools. Exeter Mifflin Y missing. Continue to play like Wilson. All of them will be act in action this coming Friday, Saturday, with the uh, hopes of winning district championships or advancing to district championships. Uh, Exeter Mifflin have to are in the semifinals, whereas Y missing and Wilson are in the district finals. So, another great year of, of, of Berks football and. Uh, we appreciate Mike Drago Sports.com being a sponsor of us here at the Bulldog Hour. In addition to uh, May Sandwich Shop and Mike Drago Sports.com, we want to thank CNS Supply Company, Andy Herr and Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors. If you would like to contribute and help out here at the Bulldog Hour, in addition to sponsorships and advertising, the in kind donations, be sure to visit the website and the home of the Bulldog Hour at bulldoghour.com. Besides current info, I have a lot of historical info on there. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been building out the team page for the 1971 season because just yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the conclusion of that season and what was one of the best games in Berks County history between Wilson and Mifflin at West Lawn. Uh, lots of great information on the page. A lot of information originally came from um, player Mike Kemp, including the pictures that I posted, and then I was able to fill in with some uh, – of the articles from the Reading Eagle and a variety of Lancaster Lebanon newspapers from newspapers.com. Those pictures were very entertaining to, to look through because one, and what was pointed out after I tweeted them out, look at the crowd at that game. Yeah. I, it, none of the articles, unfortunately gave a number, but they was mentioned as standing room only. If you look at those pictures, that place it is was a mass of humanity. Yeah. There was nowhere. I mean, go. it was jam-packed, and I, I don't know the last time the stadium was that full. Like, I don't I'm trying think to, the fire marshals would let it get that full. I mean, it now. was like, oh my god, it gosh. was jam-packed, right? Jam-packed. Uh, the uniforms were something. I, I pointed out for the, the uniform aesthetics people that you got a color-on-color matchup. Which, yeah. looking at some of these old games in the yeah. game film, you don't you don't comprehend because it's usually the pictures are in black and white right. and some of them were some of the, the good ones were in black and white but there were a few color ones and which i noticed immediately was wilson wearing red mifflin's wearing what is supposed to be gold but to me looks like mustard yellow but they have the same color helmet jerseys and pants and it is just wacky broncos went uh, with a similar look today and i'm an all you know i'm an orange guy i love the color orange i loved it i don't like their color i liked it i, I liked like it. it i like i like the throwback denver d on yes the that was cool that was cool but i didn't like the orange tops orange pants so i hated the mifflin uniforms i could like it they were gross the 1970s mustard yellow helmets jerseys and oh man they were bad Wilson looked good. Red, red and white. Can't go wrong. Look, right. Looking good. Uh, so, But not only have I updated the 1971 page, there's a variety of other pages that are in there. And even if they've been updated, you know, have been published for a while, I have been going back through and adding more and more uh, pictures and, and recaps and newspaper articles. So if you played at Wilson, you want to go relive your season, go check out BulldogHour.com under History and Heritage. And if your season's not done yet, I'll get there eventually. There's 77 seasons, so and each season takes me multiple hours. So uh, just be patient. Just be patient. Um, the last way you can help us here at the Bulldog Hour is Justin's favorite. Like and share. Also, one of his favorite here is the schedule, which 
I'm realizing now I actually missed one. So we're technically have a little bit more left than what's listed on here because 6A States is three rounds. It goes into the weekend of the 10th and 11th. And actually they have championships on Thursday, but that will not be in 6A. Uh, 6A's will be on Saturday the 4th. But uh, this fr- was supposed to be Friday because that's normal high school football games are played on Friday. But the game this week against Harrisburg will be Saturday, November 20th at 1 o'clock. The next week, the 6A States, uh, which would be the quarterfinals, will be on either Friday or Saturday, the 26th or 27th of Thanksgiving weekend. District 3 is the home team for, for this year. I, I had some pushback that they're not sure that the District 3 team that wins, be it Wilson or Harrisburg, will actually get to host the game based on last year. Delaware Valley versus Central York. That was the District 3 six, or excuse me, the 6A quarterfinal game that District 3 participated in. The other district, which was uh, District 2, Delaware Valley, was the, quote, home team last year. They hosted, and they hosted it at Delaware Valley. Now, there are some questions of whether that was just because of COVID, that they didn't want to introduce a neutral site. Schools didn't want two visiting teams coming in, so they defaulted to the team that was on the upper part of the bracket which was District 2 or 4 last year, being the champ, uh, Delaware Valley. They hosted Central York, which is quite the drive to go from Central York to Delaware Valley up in you know, Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area. This year, District 3 champ is the, quote, home team. But there's some question of whether or not it actually means right, they will host it or District or 3 venue. Or it would be within District 3. Right. So... If, if Delaware Valley beats State College and that is the matchup on the, the side of the District 3 bracket, it'll be the winner of State College or Delaware Valley going to either Wilson or Harrisburg. It would make a lot of sense for the Burks team to host it if Delaware Valley wins. Otherwise, you're making Delaware Valley drive even farther. Right. If State College wins, I could see them wanting to put it in like a place like Harrisburg at Central Dolphin at, at, right. at, at, at uh, Landis. Um, but we'll see. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna reach out to Rod Frisco, the the webmaster, uh, the head honcho at District Three for things like that, and see what he has to say. I would like to get clarification on that because um, there's a lot of information out there, and of course, there's no specific thing that says this is what's going to happen. Man, I hope that matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's thoughts that last year that was more of a COVID related thing, and that they might not be in. Doing that this year, they might seek out neutral field. It'll just be somewhere in District 3. But hopefully I'll find that out this week. But I'm I'm hoping that it's the District 3 gets the host because then, hey, Wilson wins against Harrisburg this Saturday and get to play a Gursky one more time. That would be cool. I thought wasn't even a, a, a possibility a few weeks right. ago. Right. Uh, so I will find that out and update as soon as I hear back about that. And you heard Justin and I say already, we will be back next week. Sunday, November 21st, same time, 8.30 o'clock, 8.30 p.m. I mean, uh, I technically not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on uh, all your favorite streaming platforms. All right, last thing to do, talk about the Central York game is our player of the game. And we've been, we've been really offensive heavy the last few weeks because obviously Jade and Brad and the offensive line have dominated the stat sheet and is what everyone's been talking about. And obviously they came – Came away with huge performances this week as well. We've already talked to them in depth. And we also talked about the defense. And we're expanding from our our positional units to encompass 
an entire half of the uh, team here because our player of the game is the entire defense yes. at Central York. Uh, we already went over the stats, but I'll uh, go back over it. The Wilson defense this past week limited Central York offense to one first down rushing, 11 yards on 11 carries, one of eight on third down, and just 11 points, which, as I said already, fewest scored by them in over four years before Bo Pribula was even the quarterback, probably when his brother was the quarterback at Central York, <laughs> uh, they hadn't scored that that few of points. And I, I should have calculated the, the their offensive average from 17 through this year because it's got to be in the 40s because yeah. there were very few games listed that Justin and I could see here from my research where they were un- 20 or under. They were 21 or higher. You know, that's easily probably close to 55, 60 games in that sample. And there were maybe four or five where they failed to score three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they they scored a lot of points this year. And so to hold them to 11 is absolutely amazing. It's a stellar accomplishment. Um, here, let's, let's look. So they scored 35, 21, 35. Two. But that the four, I know, fit, I know. It doesn't, doesn't count. count, yeah. But then 68, 60, 48, 53, 31, 60, 26, 11. Look back to the year before. Look back to last year, oh what gosh. they were putting up. Let's see. So last year. Because you're going to say a few 70s. Right. So let's see here. I know. La- this Last year's team is not this year's team. It's just no, it was it's still just, the same quarterback, still the same offensive system. Uh, some of the players have changed, but. They've been putting up a lot of points for many, many so years. So last year, 55, nothing. 51, nothing. And then 56, 3, 47, nothing. 70, nothing. 75, 6. 75, 42, 15. 48, 21. 49, 27. And 37, 21. And then 13 was what they got against St. Joe's Prep. <laughs> right. But that's, that's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. And we talked about uh, Wilson was able to turn them over. Yeah, they 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 got an interception, and it was a great spectacular catch by by Gannon. Well, and some of the things too. So when Wilson went up three nothing, I think they uh, the guys on um, the stream who were broadcasting like next to me, which I know there were some difficulties. They were having some technical difficulties, but like let let me. I don't I don't know who they are, but. I'll tell you what, they were prepared. Like the technical difficulties, we we understand that. Right, especially if they were not on internet, they were using, you know, cellular internet. Right. That's like, tough. That that's really tough. But they they were prepared. They knew their stuff. They were asking me all kinds of questions that I did not have the answer to, and I'm texting you before the game. <laughs> like, like I need help com- confirming some of this stuff. So they were they knew their stuff. They knew about Wilson and all of those things. But I heard them say, like, when Wilson went up, they're like, this is only the second time that Central York has, like, not held the lead or, sorry, has been behind right. all year. Um, I think they went down 7 nothing to Exeter um, was what the guys next to me said. And that was but, it. Right. <laughs> Until that game. Right. Which plays into our th- thing. They haven't played anyone since they played Exeter in the first game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, they, everyone I mean, else was a They played Manheim Central last, last week, and they're they, – we're Manheim better than Township. Yeah, Manheim sorry, Township. Manheim Township last week, but yeah, 
I'd say, but from week one to week one of the playoffs, they played essentially no one. They played pushovers. They weren't right. in a fight. No. And then they they beat Manheim Township. Right. But then they played. They were also, I believe, late into the fourth quarter, up 26 to 7. Right, right. So, like. It was 26-14 was the final. Right. But they, they that was a game they were in complete control of. Right. This was the first time they were off schedule in a game since week one when they hung on. But they were like, ah, it's week one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. So let's listen to our interviews now. We caught up with a few of the Wilson senior football players and Coach Dom. We're going to listen to those back-to-back right now. All right. We are here post-game. You know if we're doing post-game interviews. Good things happened on the football field tonight, guys. You just beat the number one seed in District 3, the defending district champions, the uh, state runners-up last year, and I believe they are also ranked, what was it, third in the state? High. They're up there pretty high, and you guys just came to their house and beat them. How does it feel? It feels amazing. It feels amazing. Never a doubt. To prove everybody wrong like that, it just feels You guys are on an amazing trajectory. Seven in a row now. You're going to play for a district title, which hasn't happened at Wilson since 2016. After five games, everyone doubted you, but it seems like you guys never gave up. You're here now. What was the practice like this week leading up to this big game? Intense. Yeah, really. We just intense. go at it with each other because we know that's how it's going to be the game. I mean, I'm talking like because I'm an offensive and defensive line. Like, we just hit, 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 go at it, and just don't hold back each other because these guys aren't going to hold back. But not just even the team. physical part, like he said, like we got after it, but yeah. mentally, uh, the penalties, there were less this week. And so mentally, we were sharper this week, knowing who we, were, who we had to come against and beat. So, I mean, mentally, we had to be sharp more than anything. But we got to give some props to the younger guys, that scout team that's yeah. making, that's making they, us a hell of a team week by week. They get better every week. And, They're making know, us like, get better. It's a win-win situation. That's how this program grows. Like, I mean, I remember like, we were on the scout team. We got better every week. They're yeah, making us better. better. It's awesome. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, that's what we want to hear. Because yeah. so the future is bright, but we get to still talk about the present yeah. after another incredible offensive and defensive performance. But the talk up leading this week was about the two-headed monster in the backfield with your quarterback Brad Hoffman and Jaden. The two of you over 160 yards apiece. Amazing. <laughs> you, Jaden, 161 net. Brad, 167. He joins you in the 1,000-yard rushing club after this performance. Do you guys have a little back and forth of who can get more each week? Do you guys talk about your individual rushing yards? No, no we're not selfish. That's anybody on this team. Nobody's selfish on this team. We play for the men next to us. And as long as we win and we're going on to the next week, that's all that matters for us. What do you have to say about this guy and his line mates opening up those holes for you? Man, they don't get enough credit. They're the ones who make the holes and for us to run through and for us to come. I mean, we run the ball 90% of the game, and I mean, without the front line, I mean, we can't nothing. So, kudos to them, all five of them, center from Kyle Hasser, uh, John, Jack, Jack, De- I mean, Durning. Jack Durning, uh, Alex Worley, and then Jack Dando. And, and Brady Klein. Brady Klein and Brendan, too. Went Brendan helping yep. us get here. 62 oh. rushes, just seven passing attempts. It was just an all-out performance. And they knew it was coming, and you're still able to get the job done, which is just a testament to your abilities on the football field. Now, you all played huge roles on defense as well. You held this team, this incredible team, that is like 30-3 and three in their last 33 games. 
to only 11 points. What was the defensive game plan this week? What did you want to accomplish? What led to this success? We knew we knew they were susceptible to blitzes, and we knew they weren't the strongest, so we just we knew uh, we said our front line's better than your front line, and we went at it. Our linebackers filled gaps. I mean, you said what, 11 rushing yards? Yeah, it was there, yes, 11 net rushing yards. 11 rushing yards. I mean, they can't, they can't run the ball. <laughs> Both, you actually. We knew they were going to air it out, and we knew they had a good quarterback. Yeah, and we just, you got to focus on the next play. Like, they obviously had a few of the best plays, big passes mostly. You know, like, we stopped them too. Like, that's that's the motto. Like, that's what Dom says at halftime every time. Like, hey, this is a good team with explosive players. They're going to make plays. So what? We're going to make more. We're going to stop them more times than they make plays, and that's how we're going to win the game. The thing I love about is when they went down, that wide receiver scored, and it was 11-3. I didn't see anybody's head down. Nobody was counting us out at all, not one of us. And we all we all knew what we had to do, and we went out and executed it. Kind of now we're here at school. That's the amazing momentum that you guys have been able to get to at this point. Seven straight wins going to play for that district title. We don't know when yet or where. Friday, Saturday, next week, no opponent yet. But last question, guys. One thing that gets um, overlooked a lot of times is the kicking game. I believe Ben Rada had not attempted a field goal yet this year, and yet tonight he comes in, kicks two, including one with, what, 73 seconds left to play. To be a sophomore and to be able to step up like that and just, first of all, the the uh, holders are sophomore too. I mean, so for these guys, this group of kids, to just be able to do that, that's awesome. Like, we said, like, we trust you, and we know you're going to get it done, and he did it. So. And they so rewarded you. Yeah, shout out and to we Ben. We work hard in practice, and you build that confidence up, and we have it in him. We knew he was going to make it. Well, guys, congratulations once again. You got your ninth win, the biggest of the year, because your season continues and you will play for the hardware next week. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us, and maybe we'll get to talk to you again next week, too. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, so that was our interviews with the players following the game against Central York. But, you know, we couldn't stop there. We had to talk to uh, the man of the hour, Coach Doms. I think he was he was pretty happy with the effort. Yeah, I think he was, he was pretty pleased on Friday night, yeah. <laughs> so let's listen to what Coach... Doug Doms had to say to us after Wilson's victory. All right, one more interview. Coach Doms, I know you went to the ringer, and as uh, Susie said to me while you were doing the other interviews, a lot of incoming because of the way this, uh, this game went down. Uh, you, you made the rounds, had to talk to everyone. Thrilling victory, 14-11 on the road. We talked a couple weeks ago about how your team was going to have to be road warriors. Uh, what do you have to say about... Uh, the success of your coaching staff and the players uh, once the second season well, began. I, as I told the kids last night, I said their confidence. I've just watched them go from a two and three team that, you know, if we fumble the ball or somebody scores, we're like, oh, we're yeah. And now if we fumble the ball or somebody scores, they just get right back up and go. I mean, their confidence is sky high. Our offensive staff put together our great game plan. We executed it well, except. You know, we had the hole that stopped the one drive we were almost in. We had the fumble that stopped another drive. I mean, we drove up and down the field, and they were coming away empty-handed, unfortunately. Uh, defensive staff put a great game plan together, uh, mixed up a lot of coverages, gave them little short routes, brought a lot of heat on the quarterback, said, hey, let's make them run and make them earn it, and uh, it worked. Did they do anything offensively or defensively that you hadn't seen before, that they hadn't shown? No. No, they pretty much uh, ran what we expected. You know, I mean, they have. I mean, you put Pribble in there, and that just means they got four receivers that 
you know, we had a lot of pressure on him and he would run, but boy, when he runs, the receivers break off routes and then you got to cover. And their skill kids were probably a little better than our some of our D-backs, especially with Cam out. Yes. And, uh, but hey, they, they kept everything in front of him. We didn't give up the big plays and uh, won the football game. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> something that it will be brought up often, but it, it can't be overstated. Lo losing Cam Jones in the first half, your best defensive back, you know, two-year start already as a junior, um, against a team that wants to throw the ball. And, and they got their yards, 308 yards, but the thing that ha was so great tonight was the, the bend but don't break. The defense yeah. stepped up when they needed to, Gannon getting the interception off the deflection, holding them to field goals instead of touchdowns, absolutely huge. Of course, the two interceptions we dropped would have been. <laughs> <laughs> the one was six points. Well, you know, defensive fundamentals <laughs> but, this week, yeah. you do a tip drill, yeah. catching the ball. You know, hey, they were in position. So. You know. They ran exactly what you'd expect them to, and I think they'd probably say the same thing about you. 62 rushes. You know, we talked about the identity that you have formed over the last four or five weeks of the season. Hoffman and Jones back-to-back, -back, almost even. Uh, Brad had 29 carries, Jaden 27, both over 160 rushing yards. Um, I mean, what do you have to say about the performance of the offensive line and those two well, back there? I mean, the, the O-line is just doing a nice job getting on people. They get beat occasionally, but everybody does. And then, you know... Jaden and uh, Brad are just running tough. They're, they're a two-headed monster, as I said before. And, you know, we, we lost the third head of the three-headed monster, but, you know, the two-headed monster was enough. You know, we, they, they ran tough. The defense played, came up big when they had to. And, uh, hey, we that was the first two field goals we attempted all year. Yes, uh, <laughs> we, we just talked to some of your players about, and they were very – had a lot of high praise for Ben and, and Adam, oh, yeah. two sophomores, key yeah. roles in yeah, the spot that they needed it. And, everything. Yeah. and uh, they got the job done. Um, what was the point of emphasis defensively this week, the game plan? What did you want to accomplish other than trying to prevent them from scoring? What was the thing that you thought you could execute that would keep them out of the end zone? We didn't want to give them the big pass. You know, we were going to play deep and come up. Uh, we didn't want to let Pribble a rush, so we had it run, so we had to make sure we had somebody in the middle spying all the time, and we wanted to get pressure on him, make him, you know, flush him and make him, you know, throw it on the run. So, Kids you don't executed know, it. yeah, they absolutely executed all night long. You don't know who the opponent will be in the district championship game. You don't even know what day it'll be yet because of that. Uh, do you expect to see one of them, or do you really think that the way Hempfield's playing, it's a toss-up, and it could be either the Black Knights or the Cougars? I think it could be either of them. I don't know. That, from what I understand, they said Harrisburg has a couple of dynamic, really good football players, but they have some weaknesses. You know, they only have 32 kids on their roster, so it's hard to fill it. But uh, And Hempfield's playing really good football, so... The beauty of Hemfield wins, we play the district championship at home. Yeah. <laughs> Road Warrior, come home. <laughs> everyone would absolutely love that. Uh, Wilson's never gotten to host one of those because that's yeah. a relatively new uh, opportunity. But congratulations, Coach, on seven straight wins, going back to the district championship for the first time since 2016. Feels good. <laughs> okay, so that was our interview with Wilson head coach Doug Doms. Fun interviews when you when you win a game like that. And you could, you could hear it and see it uh, on their faces and in their voices, uh, how ecstatic and happy everyone was. And, you know, the, the season's getting long now. You're, you're into mid-November getting ready to play game 13. Uh, but that, that, felt, that felt really good. Yeah. That, that was my, my post on, on two, Facebook. That was fun. Yeah. Two weeks ago on Friday afternoon, I saw 
Coach Doms, and I said, hey, you know, how are you? Because it was just in passing. And he's like, yeah, you know. And I joked, you know, as good as could be expected for a Friday because he always on Fridays, I, you know, whenever I see him, I, you know, it's the same thing. But on Fridays, the answer is usually a little different because he's, I don't want to say anxious, but just wrapped up in in being ready for the game. Right. And he, he made the comment, this is two weeks ago, ask me in eight hours, right? <laughs> and I said, I plan on it because that means we are having, like, that means we do well and uh, we can uh, celebrate. We'll do an interview. We yeah. You know, good. or or even if it's not an interview, we will talk to him, you know? Right. And uh, I didn't, we didn't have the chance for that conversation this week, but I was thinking the same thing Friday afternoon. I was like, well, hopefully in eight hours, we'll be talking to Coach Toms and uh, we, we got to. So, yeah. I'll take it. All right, so we're moving on now. We're going to put Game 12 in the rearview mirror, much like uh, the high school team. I'm sure they got to celebrate Friday night and maybe into Saturday, but then uh, it was time to move on. And by yesterday evening, they knew what was up next, and that is the Harrisburg Cougars. We're heading to Severance Field Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock, and it's a a familiar foe. Wilson has played Harrisburg... uh, twice in the last uh, three years 2018 we had to go there lost i think it was like 36 to 12 uh that was a very rough start for wilson i think we were down 28 nothing in the first like six minutes of the game just mistakes on kickoffs uh, and and on offense game short i think there was a fumble on the opening kickoff i believe there was a pick six like all in the first like three drives and we were down 20 nothing, like three minutes into the game. So something ridiculous like that. At, once things settled, it was a much more even game. But right. You dug such a big hole, you couldn't dig yourself out of it. Right. Then the next year, uh, we were the one seed. Harrisburg was the four. They came to Gursky, uh, a very, very good team once again. Uh, it was a, a great game, back and forth game. Wilson drove the length of the field as time expired. A penalty on the last play allowed for an untimed down. And Wilson came up just short. Uh, the touchdown would have uh, given the game to the Bulldogs and advanced to the district championship. Instead, it was Harrisburg going on. So you lose outright to them in 2018 and 2019. And then last year happened. And for all intents and purposes, Harrisburg ended Wilson's season last year too. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's going to forget that. Now, whether you actually think it's Harrisburg's fault or you blame District 3, right. that's up for interpretation. Well, right. So I would say Harrisburg took the spot. I don't right. blame right. them. Yeah, it's but, a little bit. But they took the spot that Wilson would have gotten. And to be fair, all of their players on Twitter said it was unfair that we didn't get to fill in. Uh, right, right. Like This uh, isn't like, like an anti-Harrisburg thing. Uh, and just no. pointing out that they were the one, essentially, because of the way District 3 operated last year, they got bumped up after they met the criteria. Right. And Wilson got left out. Um, but like Harrisburg players were throughout Twitter, once district three was like, no, we're not replacing you. Even though we literally set these brackets 20 minutes ago, Harrisburg players were, were very, um, very much in Wilson's corner that the Bulldogs should be added to the bracket, but district three made their decision and Wilson missed the playoffs for the first time since 2005, I believe first time in coach Dom's uh, head coaching career. So here they are once again. And back at Severance, not at Gursky. On the road, Saturday afternoon, different day than you're used to. But you're you're playing a team that's nine and one. 
You know, their only hiccup covering Mifflin on a short week where they yeah. didn't realize they I think were, they found out on like Wednesday yeah, night. Middle of the week. I remember, I don't know, it was one of the Berks County like people that covers says, man, that's a tough offense to to prepare for on a normal week because it's not an offense that a lot of, especially the big schools see. And to do that, when you find out that's who you're playing on like a Wednesday, that's really tough. Cause you essentially have one day to prepare. <laughs> um, so that, that's not to take anything away. I think. Yeah. Governor Mifflin, it wasn't like that was the difference, but that, that is really tough. Um, and Governor Mifflin is really good as we've seen all year. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> so. mean, they may be the best, Boundary team in all classifications. I, it'd be, I honestly would be I interesting think, to see them play St. Joe's or a team like that. I mean, that right. can't happen, but right. it would be I, interesting. I think you could make a strong argument that they probably are the best boundary team. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I, I, they're going to have chances I, to prove it. Yeah. So. so, like, the best, the second best boundary, maybe. Mount Lebanon or someone like that. I'm just Maybe. saying, like the biggest school from yeah, that Whippeal, like, yeah. is usually right. a safe bet in that. Yeah, <laughs> in and, that and, regard. yeah. And Mount Lebanon's playing a non-boundary team in Pittsburgh Central Catholic right. this week in their in their Whippeal championship. But anyways, back to Harrisburg. The nine games they won, they went out to the Whippeal versus everyone showdown and beat five A Pine Richland, who you, everyone should be familiar with the name Pine Richland because yeah. last year they came back and beat Mifflin to go to the state championship game. Pine Richland ended Wilson's season in 2014 in the state semifinals. Pine Richland has won multiple state championships in the last few years. Harrisburg went out and beat them 26-21. I know Pine Richland had that offseason upheaval with the removal of the head coach and the coaching staff, most if not all of the uh, assistants left. They had a rocky start. They rebounded and have had a a pretty good year. Uh, But Harrisburg went there and beat them 26-21. They then went to Hazleton, beat them 31-21. Then they went to Neffsville and beat Manheim Township in overtime 20-17 before losing to Governor Mifflin on that short week where they had the fine replacement game 49-13. Then they won every game left on their schedule. Carlisle 34-14, Altoona 31-0, CD East 25-20, Cumberland Valley 45 excuse me to 7. State College was their last real uh maybe uh scare. Uh they overcame State College 15 to 13 before blowing out Chambersburg 46 nothing. And then beating Carlisle in the first round of the playoffs, thirty-six to seven, and Carlisle was hot entering the, the playoffs. They they had to yeah. win the last couple of weeks to make the field. They did so, even upsetting CD East, but got beat up by Harrisburg, thirty-six to seven at Severance. And then just this past week, Harrisburg hosted Hempfield, who destroyed CD East the week before in uh, at at Central Dolphin, at Central Dolphin East. Uh, what was it? 36 to 2 or 35 to 2, something like that. 36 to 2, I think. Uh, And Hemfield went to Harrisburg and the Cougars beat the Black Knights 32 to 10. And I know kind of what happened to Wilson in 2018 is what happened to Hemfield in this game. They gave up, I think it was a punt return touchdown. They went three and out and gave up a punt return touchdown. And then Harrisburg's first offensive series, I think they gave up an 88 yard rushing touchdown. So within the first four minutes of the game or something like that, they were down 13, 14, nothing, something like that immediately, you know, 
And again, you you take those away. It's a one possession game. Right. right. I, I mean, I know you can't do that, but I'm just saying, like, those big plays are killer. Right. Big plays kill teams and kill playoff hopes. And that's what happened to Hempfield. And that's what Wilson has to stave off this week. Harrisburg has some really nice uh, skill players, and they're young, too. They're starting a freshman, a quarterback. Uh, Sean Lee is the guy. He did not play in the game against Governor Mifflin. Uh, but they also have a great group of running backs and seeing if I can get their names here. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the first one is Makai Hopkins. He is their He's their thunder back. He's six, two two thirty. He is a junior. And then they have uh, their lightning is their um, other uh, junior running back, Kyle Williams, uh, both of them had those first two touchdowns I talked about. Kyle Williams took the punt back to the house. Makai Hopkins had the big 88-yard run. So, so they were able to so hit you with record, size and speed. I was going to say, just for the record, you said the Thunder had the 88-yard touchdown. Yeah, yes, okay. I did. Okay. Yes, just, that just, is true. Just to clarify. Yes. Um, at, at the, the Over the course of the season, both of those guys have played all 11 games. Um, they've accounted for 210 carries for 1,170 yards and 12 touchdowns so um hopkins and williams are the guys to watch hopkins wears jersey number seven williams wears jersey number four and freshman quarterback sean lee wears jersey number eight now they have gone to their junior quarterback as well when sean's been injured as lewis is also a junior so you're hearing a lot of underclassmen on this team um most of the passing attempts have been by freshman Sean Lee. He's 83 of 132 for 866 yards, eight touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, they, they Obviously, they have other people that can uh, carry the rock, but uh, Williams and Hopkins are the two big guys. And when needed, freshman quarterback Sean Lee will also do things on the ground, especially when things break down. He likes to... Um, throw on the move, threat and run, and then pass. So it's going to be another tough task for the defensive secondary staying on their guys without giving up uh, space. Um, their number one receiver also is the running back, Kyle Williams. They like to throw to him off often. He has 57 receptions for 636 yards. Up next is their first big-time senior contributor, uh, Justin Cook, who has 45 catches for 544 yards and four touchdowns. They so spread it around. They do. Absolutely spread it around. Um, outside of Williams, Cook, and Hopkins, though, there's not a lot else on the, on the stat sheet. Um, it's done by the majority of the offense runs through those three guys, Lee, Hopkins, and Williams, uh, and Cook, sorry, those four guys. Uh, those are your big ones. Again, um, Sean Lee wears number eight for those interested in jerseys and watching who you, uh, who you need to pay attention to. Four, five, eight, and seven and eight. So single-digit numbers. Be, be wary of them throughout the game. <laughs> single-digit numbers are, are, are not good um, because they're very good. That's the, that's the problem. Um, so, yeah, just very good, very good players. Um, dangerous players and young players, which isn't good, you know, 
But that's that's a future problem. Let's right, worry that's about, problem we'll worry for about a this future. Join Justin. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it, I don't know that they have the immense size that they've had on the line in years past. I know when they came to they've Gursky had, in twenty nineteen, they had a while some now. big big guys. Um, obviously, Makai Hopkins, the running back, also plays inside linebacker, so he's a guy that's going to be dangerous when stopping. The, uh, the offense, the way it's operating with Hoffman and Jones. Uh, so offensive line, you gotta be, got to be ready. It, that, that's where the game's going to be won once again. Right. You, you've, got, you've got to be able to play the way we want to play. You know, you, we got to make this, all right, there's no secret about it. We're going to want to run the ball. We have to be able to run the ball. Right. We have to be able to not give up the big play. The things we heard from Coach Doms, like in the interview after this game, we were able to run the ball. We were able to not give up too many big plays. That's what you have to do. And like um, I think it was Ramsey was saying in in his interview, like, look, they're going to get some, right? Like they're going to get some big plays. Like they're just – they're too good not to. But you've got to limit them and you've got to have a response. So – um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. So Wilson, the five seed at Harrisburg, the two seed severance field in Harrisburg this Saturday, November 20th, one o'clock kickoff. Yeah, we will, uh, we will be back on this show in one week's time to discuss that district championship game. That is for the trophy. Again, Wilson hasn't played in that game since 2016, which was the first year of 6A, six classifications. Uh, they st- I know people were wondering why isn't this game at Hershey Park. They stopped being held at Hershey Park following the 2017 season. So this is actually the fourth year that the, the higher seed, the better seed that remains, hosts the district championship game. And I, and I think... And I... I th- Actually, it was Central Dolphin. I, I think the last three years actually was at Central Dolphin. <laughs> I think one year that was the neutral field, but Central Dolphin was in it. Right. I, I think actually the last three years, I'd have to double check that, but I think it's been at Central Dolphin as part of a neutral field and then to be played by the, the better seeded team. Right. Um, until until last year was Central York, York. So maybe that one wasn't at Central Dolphin. But the year before, the two years prior, it had been Harrisburg versus Central Dolphin. Back-to-back right. years. Um, both years, I believe it was played at, at Landis Field. Well, last year was probably at Central York because it was the COVID year, so they probably just right. hosted at That's the Right, that's what school. I was thinking. But you know. I looked up a lot of brackets and, and stuff recently, so it's all kind of running together. So yeah. forgive me for uh, for getting a little bit of confused there. But, yeah, I mean, it's great to be doing this show and – such a positive way this late in the year and know that we have one more to go at least. Yeah, let's get a couple more. That'll be fun. Let's hope for another great performance from the offense and defense, get more individual and team accolades. Right. We we talked about we we got better from week eleven to week twelve. This team got better. Um let's get better from week twelve to week thirteen. If if you want the hardware and it's it's there. You you have fought so hard. Um and there's a lot to be proud of in that regard, no matter what. But you fought so hard to come back from what you know. Lots of people counted you out for, 
Um, and that goal is still on the table. We've been preaching it for two months. That goal is still on the table, that next goal. And you have a chance to go get it done on Saturday. Get better this week. They talked about how week of practice was really intense. Let's make it happen Ratchet again. Ratchet it up even Make it happen higher. again. And yep. bring, get better this week and give yourself a shot on Saturday. Bring home an 8th District 3 football championship. That that's, was the goal at the beginning of the season, and that goal is now within reach. All you got to do is play one more game and play like they played the last seven weeks, and they will be at a minimum in the game, yep. if not emerging victorious. All right, I think that's it from us here at the Bulldog Hour. We appreciate everyone's support, tuning in, whether it's live or after the fact. And if anyone has any questions, if you feel free to reach out to either of us, uh, whatever manner, whether it's in person, over the phone, email, social media, whatever. We're very receptive, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. We hope to see many of you on Saturday afternoon in Harrisburg as the Bulldogs play the Cougars for the 2021 District 3 6A Championship. For Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. And until next time, remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.